Harry is a pantheist. He does not believe in a God separate from the world, but believes that God permeates the world and all of nature. All of existence is sacred and worthy of respect and reverence. A tree, a flower, a chipmunk are all expressions of the divine, or so says Harry. Albert Schweitzer liked to refer to his philosophy as reverence for life, in quotations. Harry extends his reverence beyond the human realm, beyond the realm of living organisms, to a reverence for the entire system of nature. Harry celebrates the turning of the seasons and the faces of the moon, the solstices, and equinoxes as a part of his religious rituals. Harry considered joining the group called the Covenant of UU Pagans, but the word pagan disturbed him even if his ideas were similar to theirs. I tell the story of Tom, Dick, and Harry, all Unitarians, to illustrate the subtle differences I see between Unitarianism and Humanism. Neither Tom, Dick, nor Harry are typical Unitarians, but they fall easily within the Unitarian boundaries because they share the same values, though not the same beliefs, of other Unitarians. None of them believes that their way is the right way, I think the same way personally, nor do they think that others must believe as they believe, I think the same way too. All of them respect reason, so do I, and though their beliefs are not rationalistic, that is, they don't hold that their beliefs have been proven by the scientific method, neither do they think that they are irrational that their beliefs have been proven false. I feel the same way. Um, my beliefs and my rationality are all rational and I am open to all of them being uh, tested by scientific methods personally. Freedom, reason, and tolerance. In Unitarianism, the primary value is freedom, good in my view, and therefore Tom, Dick, and Harry fall within the boundaries of Unitarianism just as most, just as most humanism does as well. Awesome. Freedom is primary, reason secondary. That makes sense to me. I like that. But for humanism, as I've experienced that movement, the primary emphasis is given to reason over freedom and generally Tom, the meditating Buddhist, Dick, the liberal Christian, Harry, the eco-pantheist, will fall outside the boundaries of humanism. Um, reason... And freedom, I just learned, I just reread all the, this, this particular paragraph. Reason is freedom and freedom is reason. So reason and freedom, I actually have equality between them in my mind. Let me distinguish in a different way between the priority of beliefs of one hand on one hand, let me, I'm sorry, let me read that again so I won't butcher anything else. Not to be hard on me, but I, I believe in clarity and clarification. Let me distinguish in a different way between the priority of beliefs on one hand and priority of values on the other. I myself am a humanist because in my own beliefs, for my own religious journey, reason takes priority. That's the same reason why I'm a humanist. I'm a Unitarian because in a broader context than my own, the value of freedom takes priority for me. I'm a Unitarian too. I am. I'm also Universalist because Universalism means the Philosophical and theological concept that some ideas have universal application or applicability. A belief in one fundamental truth is another important tenet in universalism, right? So I'm a universalist, I'm a Unitarian, and I'm a humanist. I'm so... I must confess that my life is enriched by my association with Tom, Dick, and Harry. I do not, nor do I think I ever could, subscribe to their religious beliefs. The humanist in me holds reason too highly to accept their worldviews, but my own journey in life is enhanced by knowing them and discussing issues with them and even arguing with them. The Unitarian in me prizes freedom too highly to exclude them from my religious circle. 
The humanism I have described today is not all of me. There's more to me than just that. This sermon is the first installment in the series. Next week, we'll hear about the theist in me and the following week, the Christian in me. The humanism I present this morning is explicitly a religious approach to humanism. It should be acknowledged that there is an abundance of schools of humanism, religious, secular, atheistic, and theists, and so forth. The humanism in me is of the religious sort, meaning that it provides for me a statement of meaning which can guide my life. This is the approach to humanism advocated by John Dewey, one of the saints, in quotations of humanism. His credentials are, I hope, impeccable. In 1984, the year after he signed the Humanist Manifesto, he published a wonderful little book called A Common Faith. In this book, Dewey distinguishes between religion, which he describes as a specific set of beliefs in which he doesn't like, and religious, which is a specific quality of existence, which is a specific quality of experience in which he does like. His thesis is that there is a religious dimension to human experience whether or not one holds the beliefs of any specific religion. Dewey speaks out strongly against religion as an institutional force, but he urges us to, to embrace the religious quality of human experience in our lives, with or without a formal religion to go with it. Here is the way in which he describes humanism as religious. The sense of dignity of human nature is as religious as in the sense of awe and reverence where, when it rests upon a sense of human nature as a cooperating part of a larger whole. Understanding and knowledge also enter into a perspective that is religious in quality. Faith in the continued disclosing of truth through directed cooperative human endeavor is more religious in quality than is any faith in completed revelation. Any activity pursued on behalf of an ideal end against obstacles and in spite of threats of personal loss because of, because of conviction of its general and enduring value is religious in quality. Now, I must say that um, to clear up something, I'm very big on reason. In my view, um, Reason first, freedom second. That's the best way to describe me. Because I remember saying earlier I liked one person who had it totally reversed. I had to think about it some more while I was reading. And even though I respect and honor that person's worldview, reason one, freedom two, that's how it is for me. So this is the last part. Humanist common ground is universalism. This is the American Human Association. They say good without a God. Um, as you know, I'm respectful of deism. A brief overview of the history of Unitarian Universalism. The Universalist Church of America was founded in 1793 and the American Unitarian Association in 1825. After merging in 1961, the two formed the Unitarian Universalist Association of Congregations. Both denominations have long histories and have contributed important theological concepts. Most notably, Unitarian Universalism has evolved to be a non-creed religion that welcomes people of all beliefs. Humanism itself became an influential part of the religion in the early 20th century and remains strong to this day. The Unitarian Universalist Association currently represents approximately 1,000 member congregations in the United States with more than 170,000 members and several hundred thousand more who identify as Unitarian Universalists but are not members of a congregation. Since the merger of the two denominations, Unitarian Universalism has built upon its dual heritages to provide a strong voice for social justice and liberal religion. Unitarian Universalists work in local, state, national, and international interfaith coalitions and partnerships to affirm its principles and values. The Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, the UU College of Social Justice, and the Standing on the Side of Love program are examples of this work. Although there have been many chronicles of the history of Unitarian Universalism, perhaps the most notable one is the most widely read pamphlet, Unitarian Universalist Origins, Our Historic Faith by Mark W. Harris. The following are several excerpts from this valuable document. 2,000 years ago, liberals were persecuted for seeking the freedom to make religious choices, but such freedom has become central to both Unitarianism and Universalism. As early as the 1830s, both groups were studying and promulgating texts from world religions other than Christianity. By the beginning of the 20th century, humanists 
within both traditions advocated that people could be religious without believing in God. No one person, no one religion can embrace all religious truths. I will add that I know that sounds confusing for many people. What they're talking about is you have non-traditional people, non-conventional people in the world and their approaches to religion and topics that are secular. They'll be unconventional and non-traditional about it. People like me, basically. By the middle of the 20th century, it became clear that Unitarians and Universalists could have a stronger liberal religious voice if they merged their efforts. And they did so in 1961, forming the Unitarian Universalist Association. Many Unitarian Universalists who used became active in the civil rights movement. James Reeb, a Unitarian Universalist minister, was murdered in Selma, Alabama after he, a white man, and 20% of the denomination's ministers responded to Martin Luther King Jr.'s call to march for justice. Our history has carried us from liberal Christian views about Jesus and human nature to a rich pluralism that includes theists and atheists, agnostic and humanist, pagan, Christian, Jew, and Buddhist. The seven central principles, as Reverend Barbara Wells Ten Hove indicated, the principles are not dogma or doctrine, but rather a guide for those of us who choose to join and participate in Unitarian Universalist religious communities. First principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Second principle, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Third principle, acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Fourth principle, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Fifth principle, the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and the society at large. Sixth principle, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Seventh principle, respect for all the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Brief reflections on each of the seven principles taken from the statements of various UU ministers and the seven principles of world and worship. Ellen Brandenburg add a greater understanding of their depth. Reverence and respect for human nature is at the core of Unitarian Universalist faith. We believe that all the dimensions of our being carry the potential to do good. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations points us toward the larger community. It gets at, it gets at collective responsibility. It reminds us that treating people as human beings is not simply something we do one-on-one, -on -one, but something that has systemic implications and can inform our entire cultural way of being. Spiritual growth isn't about a vertical ascent to heaven, but about growth in every dimension at once and spirituality in 3D. As responsible religious seekers, we recognize that we are privileged. As responsible religious seekers, we recognize that we are that we are privileged to be free, to have resources to pursue life beyond mere survival, to continually search for truth and meaning to exist beyond bonds of dogma and oppression and to wrestle freely with truth and meaning as they evolve. In our religious lives, the democratic process requires trust in the development of each individual conscience, a belief that such development is possible for each of us as well as a commitment to cultivate our own conscience. I want us to believe and to live as if we believe that a world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all is possible. Our seventh principle may be our Unitarian Universalist way of coming to fully embrace something greater than ourselves. The interdependent web expressed as the spirit of life, the ground of all being, the oneness of all existence, the, co the community forming power, the process of life, the creative force, even God, can help us develop that social understanding of ourselves that we and our culture so desperately need as a source of meaning to which we can dedicate our lives. The official statement of Unitarian Universalist Principles also describes these sources on which current practices are based. Direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life, words and deeds of prophetic people, prophetic people, which challenge us to confront powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love, wisdom from the world's religions, which inspires us in our ethical and spiritual life, 
Jewish and Christian teachings which call us to respond to God's love by loving our neighbors as ourselves. Humanist teachings which counsel us to heed the guidance of reason and the results of science and warn us against idolatries of the mind and spirit. Spiritual tradition, spiritual teachings of earth-centered traditions which celebrate the sacred circle of life and instruct us to live in harmony with the rhythms of nature. The key concepts in, in the Unitarian Universalist principles are worth and dignity, equity and compassion, acceptance of one another, search for truth, the democratic process, peace, liberty, and justice for all, respect. The key concepts in a humanist code of ethics compiled by the Humanist Association of Northern Ireland are think for yourself, respect truth and reason, respect life, be open and honest, be loving and kind, help the weak and needy. The key principles of humanism. There are also are numerous statements that express the principles of humanism that cover a wider array of humanist concerns. We have drawn from several statements from Humanist Manifesto 1, 1933. In place of the old attitudes involved in worship and prayer, the humanist finds religious expression. I'm sorry. In place of the old attitudes involved in worship and prayer. the humanist finds religious emotions expressed in a heightened sense of personal life and in a cooperative effort to promote social well-being. The goal of humanism is a free and universal society in which people voluntarily and intelligently co cooperate for the common good. The sources are the authors and half of the signers were Unitarian ministers from human from Humanist Manifesto 2, 1973. From the preface, humanism is an ethical process through which we all can move beyond and which we all can move above and beyond the divisive particulars, heroic personalities, dogmatic creeds, and ritual customs of past religions or their mere negation. From the closing, we will survive and prosper only in a world of shared humane values. At the present juncture of history, commitment to all humankind is the highest commitment of which we are capable. From Humanist Manifesto 3, Humanism and its Aspirations 2003, thus engaged in the flow of life, we aspire to this vision with the informed conviction that humanity has the ability to progress towards its highest ideals. The responsibility for our lives and the kind of world in which we live is ours and ours alone. From the, from the Amsterdam Declaration 2002, International Humanist and Ethical Union, humanism is a life stance aiming at the maximum possible fulfillment through the cultivation of ethical and creative living and offers an ethical and rational means of addressing the challenges of our times. Humanism can be a way of life for everyone everywhere. So I'm going to just keep reading. Or if I get the feeling that I may be repeating myself, I will just stop. It depends. Um, depends on how I'm going to go. But right now, I'm going to just keep on flowing. What is humanism? I got plenty of time. Why am I rushing? Here we go. What is humanism? Former AHA Executive Director Fred Edwards has written prolifically about the principles of humanism. In the essay titled, What is Humanism? He concludes with these keen observations. So with modern humanism, one finds a life stance or worldview that is in tune with modern knowledge, is inspiring, socially conscious, and personally meaningful. It is not only the thinking person's outlook, but that of the feeling person as well, for it has inspired the arts as much as it has the sciences, philanthropy as much as critique. And even in critique, it is tolerant, defending the rights of all people to choose other ways, to speak and to write freely, to live their lives according to their own lights. So the choice is yours. Are you a humanist? You need an answer, yes or no, for it isn't an either or proposition. Humanism is yours to adopt or to simply draw from. You may take a little or a lot, sip from the cup or drink it to the dregs. Dregs, it's up to you.
What humanist means to me, Helen Bennett, Director of Adult Religious Education at UU Friendship Fellowship in Rockledge, Florida, presents her views on humanism in her poem, What Humanism Means to Me. Humanism means to me a chance to feel I'm really free, to take responsibility for all I choose to do and be. I don't demand a deity to dominate my destiny, but I decide the ends I deem most worthy of my self-esteem. Creating purposes and goals nourishes all human souls. Our ethics we ourselves have wrought from social need and human thought. Words like prayer and soul and grace for me will always have a place as metaphors for what we, t- we teach beyond the realm of concrete speech. Mythology and metaphor can help us penetrate the core of, minis- of mystery, that source of art that may reveal the human heart, unlimited capacity for good or ill tenacity, and products of the human mind promote my faith in humankind. We have the power to postulate a world that's free of fear and hate where love and tolerance hold sway and no one is compelled to pray. The best ideals, the thought of God, emanate from from humble sod. For men and women have created every concept we've debated. From Shakespeare's art to Hitler's pain, we take the sunshine with the rain. With humanism as our guide, faith and reason, faith and reason co- coincide. And in our hands lies nature's fate to nurture or to desecrate. Evil can cause us to fall, but I think goodness will prevail. Through orthodoxies, through a rope, humanism is our hope. Evil can cause us to fail, but I think goodness will prevail. Okay. For additional essays on living the humanist life, humanism, and traditional religion and related issues, click here. For Bill Murray's book, Become More Fully Human, you can click here. Unitarian, Unitarian Universalism and Humanism are on common ground. The following description of the UU Humanist Association illustrates that Unitarian Universalism and Humanism are on common ground. Uh, let me read the core values for sure. Um, embodied Humanism are widely praised. Well, I'm sorry, woo, that wasn't it. Core values and aspirations. We are naturalists and we support facts, not faith. Example, we are committed to pursuing fact-based initiatives that will help sustain the planet, our environment, and humanity itself for the greatest number of future generations. Free and responsible thought, we serve as the principal stewards of the humanist heritage at the core of Unitarian Universalism, affirming our commitment to the values flowing from its rich history of free and responsible thought. We actively foster, support, and publicize local secular humanist communities and, and, and enthusiastically encourage Unitarian Universalists everywhere to support their efforts. Living with joy and love, we espouse an embodied humanism that celebrates the joy of lived experience and the importance of love and human relationships. Learning to lead an ethical humanist life is both a moral and a biological imperative. Um, okay. Um, the following description of the humanist Association illustrates that Unitarian Universalism and Humanism are on common ground. The U Humanist Association was founded in 1962 by Edward H. Wilson, Lester Mondale, and others to advance humanism within Unitarian Universalism and to promote humanism in general. Originally, it was called the Fellowship of Religious Humanists, then the Friends of Religious Humanism, and until recently, the Humanists. You use, they put you use capital in humanism, by the way. UUs were instrumental in writing all three of the humanist manifestos and in founding the American Humanist Association. The primary intent of the association is to promote and extend the use of rational inquiry without supernatural considerations and compassionate action all human interactions. For over 50 years, the UU Humanists and its precursor organizations have celebrated the Humanist Manifesto's vision of religious tradition through scholarship, teaching, and advocacy both within and apart from Unitarian Universalism. The EU Humanist Association is a member of the Secular Coalition for America, whose purpose is to amplify the diverse and growing voice of the non-theistic community in the political and civic life of the United States. It also is a member of the International Humanist and Ethical Union, which represents the global humanist movement. The mission statement of the association includes these two goals. One, to promote a broad acceptance of humanism in our society, particularly throughout the Unitarian Universalist Association and its congregations. And two, to provide an active interface between Unitarian Universalists and the 
secular community, local groups, many of which are associated with the AHA, are an important part of its mission. The following illustrations of the core values and inspirations and major initiatives of the UU Humanist Association. Let's get to the major initiatives. Embodied Humanism, our widely praised book smuggling UU, again, project at the 2012 General Assembly of the UUA was the beginning of a concerted effort to make sure we actively live out our humanist values of reason and compassion and not just talk about them. Humanist education, we continue to work with the Humanist Institute and the Institute for Humanist Studies to provide opportunities for emerging secular and religious humanist leaders to build their skills and deepen their knowledge base, becoming a primary bridge between secular slash non-theist communities and Unitarian Universalism. This initiative could provide an unprecedented opportunity for us to truly fulfill our dual mission of being the voice of reason and compassion without supernatural assumptions within Unitarian Universalism while also serving as an advocate for Unitarian Universalism and the free thinking community at large. Here are two actions we are taking to make this happen. One, helping to establish and slash or strengthen local humanist and freethinker groups in close cooperation with secular humanist organizations and encouraging UUs across the country to join them. Two, mobilizing UU individuals, institutions, and congregations to actively support the activities of our partner organizations, especially the Secular Coalition for America and its member organizations. In general, we are focusing our activities on our role as a bridge between Unitarian Universalism and the secular slash non-theist communities. Like our forebears, we Unitarian Universalist humanists have a special role to play with free-thinking people of today, especially young people. Young non-theists of today deserve the same opportunity that was given to all of us, the opportunity to find a home in a beloved community where their life stance will be not only welcomed, but also celebrated and shared. The statements above are not the, you know. Let's see here. So we already read the faith of the humanists. We already did that. Um, the final word, let the seven principles of Unitarian Universalism and the corresponding principles of humanism continue to be the ground in which we walk and work together. And as we noted in the brochure, our Unitarian Universalist, you may also be a humanist. As this paper indicates, many people are. We can be both a Unitarian Universalist and a Humanist where we stand together on the same side in support of our shared common values. We are more than first cousins. We are brothers and sisters. And I want to have a story, you know. You can visit their website, AmericanHumanist.org and a... HA at AmericanHumanist.org if you want to contact them via email. So that's the next step. Um, but I will read this. Coming out as a humanist, an online post by Reverend Dr. Neil Jones, Unitarian University Congregation of Columbia, South Carolina, SC. I'm a humanist. That's not something I always share with others, especially here in South Carolina. Well, the first question people generally ask upon meeting you is, so where do you go to church? Where people regularly talk about God as their co-pilot and Jesus as their fishing buddy. Where, pe where prayer is considered a viable solution to every problem, from ending drought to finding a parking place, publicly admitting that you are a humanist or an atheist, agnostic, skeptic, freethinker, or any other variety of non-believer anywhere in America, is about as risky as burning a flag in an American Legion, American Legion Hall. Where I live, being a non-believer can get you denied a promotion and fired from your job. It can get you disowned by your family and deserted by your friends. It can get your house or car vandalized, and it can get you physically harmed. Prejudice against non-believers may be the last socially acceptable bigotry. So it may seem strange that I strongly advocate that we humans come out of the closet. But that's exactly what I think we should do. As we well know, the phrase coming out of the closet was first used by... LGBTQI plus people, and I think it is relevant for us humanists as well because being a non-believer like being gay carries a stigma. Even the symbol for atheism is a scarlet. 
A. Even the symbol for atheism is a scarlet A. People assume that if you are a non-believer, you have no morals, meaning, or joy in your life. And the only way to dispel that myth is to show people that they are wrong. We have learned from our LGBTQI plus brothers and sisters that the way to melt the fear, ignorance, and hatred in our society is to come out and show others that LGBTQI plus people are people too. Society also needs to see that humanists don't have horns and tails. When I was growing up, we were not even talking about homosexuality. Now LGBTQIA plus people are getting married. Even South Carolina, all of us regard Ellen DeGeneres as our best friend. Remarkable pace of change in attitudes toward LGBTQIA plus persons in our lifetime would not have happened unless one by one, they started coming out of the closet to their sisters and brothers, mothers and fathers, friends and neighbors, bosses and coworkers. We humanists need to do the same. Coming out as a humanist is really about the courage and peace of taking the risk to be yourself, and that's really the only life worth living. I agree. A lot of people think that if you're a secular person, a non-theist, and a non-religious person, you're a religious person, they think that you're a mental case, that you're an asshole, that you're pure evil, that you're stupid, that you're dumb, that you're cra- that they'll they'll think you're crazy. Um, they'll think you're dangerous. They'll think that you're harmful. They'll think that you're in their mind. They'll in their distorted minds. They'll think that you are all things bad in life. And and they'll think that you have each and every negative characteristic that any human being can can possess. And all I can say is those are all complete bullshit. So, So basically, they repeat themselves, um, and I don't want to keep doing that to you. Um, Because I already read the humanist in you. I already read that. So I don't want to have you all. But this is what I will say. I think, you know what? I'm gonna just go for it. Cause I got plenty, I got 32 minutes on Okay. The history and philosophy of humanism and its role in Unitarian Universalism. From an address by Stephen D. Schaefer's man to the Unitarian Universal Congregation of Butler County in Oxford, Ohio in September 1995. Dr. Schaefer's man is a geologist and current president of Texas Citizens for Science, an advocacy group that opposes teaching creationism as science in public schools. Dr. Schaefer's man begins to address with this good and widely accepted definition of humanism. Humanism is the naturalistic philosophy or way of life centered on human concerns and values that asserts the dignity and worth of humans and their capacity for self-actualization through the use of reason and scientific inquiry. He also notes, however, that his preferred definition is this. Humanism is a philosophy, worldview, or life stance based on naturalism, the the conviction that the universal nature is all that exists or is real. Humanism serves many humanists some of the psychological and social functions of religion, but without belief in deities, transcendental entities, miracles, life after death, and the supernatural. Humanists seek to understand the universe by using science and its methods of critical inquiry, logical reasoning, empirical evidence, and skeptical evaluation of conjectures and conclusions to obtain reliable knowledge. Humanists affirm that humans have the freedom and obligation to give meaning, value, and purpose to their lives by their own independent thought, free inquiry, and responsible creative activity. Humanists stand for the building of a more humane, just, compassionate, democratic society using a realistic ethics based on human reason, experience, and reliable knowledge, and and ethics that judges the consequences of human actions by the well-being of all life on Earth. He also wrote that humanism is therefore concerned largely with two issues. First, a rejection of all forms of theism, supernaturalism, and their associated miracles, superstitions, dogmas, authoritarian beliefs, and 
blissful and hopeful thinking, and second, the resulting necessity of creating or finding values, meanings, and ethical beliefs in a completely naturalistic universe by the sole use of human reason and individual inquiry. He then addresses both issues and examines humanism's relation to Unitarian Universalism. Among his many reasons, among his many observations is this. Um, Theistic religions provide a ready-made theist. Theistic religions provide a ready-made theistic philosophy or theology to answer these questions. One that is burdened with authoritarianism and supernaturalism. Liberal religions, on the other hand, such as the UUA, allow members to develop their own moral philosophies and provide the opportunities to do so with like-minded individuals. For the guests is present. The, for the guests is present. The word liberal, liberal religion, is used in the sense of liberty. Youths are at liberty to think for themselves about all aspects of ethical inquiry. The UU motto is D, not creed. Humanists agree completely with this point of view. UU congregations have members with a diversity of theologies and philosophies, including theism, deism, pantheism, paganism, atheism, and humanism. All are engaged in a common search for meaning and values without the requirement to believe or accept any specific doctrine or creed. For this reason, the philosophy of humanism has long found a home within Unitarian Universalism. The entire document can be found here. Uh... Okay, I think I'll just, uh, I'll just read one more. The humanist to me, Reverend Bruce Clear, also is Unitarian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, this one is very, very short. Here we go. Humanism is not a particularly complicated idea. It is not a set of beliefs so, so much as it is a set of commitments. It means holding concern for this worldly matters rather than other worldly matters and being committed to that which improves the human condition in, the, in this world. Let me offer one more description of the humanist view. One of the better summaries I found is in a unsigned pamphlet that was used by the Humanist Association I belonged to for many years in Portland, Oregon. It said this, Humanism is non-dogmatic and open-ended. It is the belief that human beings are the source of meaning and values. It is a scientific search, self-correcting and open to change with new knowledge and new insights. Humanism is deeply concerned with ethics and values, but rather than telling people what they should or should not do, it assists their search for values and attempts to help them achieve their full positive potential as human beings. Humanists see humanity as having the capacity for continued growth and development, and they accept responsibility for encouraging that growth. On the surface, this sounds like Unitarianism, does it not? Well, it should, because Unitarians and humanists do, of course, have a great deal in common. It is not just a surface similarity. As a matter of fact, humanism as an organized movement in the United States began within Unitarian churches. Is there a difference then between Unitarianism and Humanism? Humanism as a movement, I've tried to show, is deeply rooted in Unitarianism. It is also fair to say that Unitarianism as an organized movement is historically rooted in the long-standing humanist traditions of the Enlightenment. As compatible and related as they are, though, I believe they are subtle differences in emphasis that ought to be recognized. A subtle difference in emphasis is C, though, is that in Unitarianism, the value of freedom takes precedence, and in humanism, the value of reason takes precedence. This does not mean at all that Unitarians reject reason or that humanists reject freedom. Rather, as I say, it is merely and subtly a difference of emphasis. Both approaches are highly compatible. So, um... So I'm reading through to make sure you know, that I've covered everything. Basically, lastly, on this one, they're basically promoting Unitarian Universalists and humanists sticking together locally, globally. So, pretty much done. Except, I have to say this one last thing. I think all religions are man-made because that it's been so easy to use holy books to be about human rights abuses, human rights atrocities. 
by evildoers, not the true believers themselves. Um, I think all holy books and all religions are man-made and human artifacts and humanly inspired. Um, If I were to define a God, I would say God is one being, even though I'm open to pantheism being real. I would say God is one being. I think Jesus is a savior in the sense that it's not about us being sinful. It's about him helping us to preserve the maturation and the completeness and the holistic living within us. Um, was he a deity? Is Jesus a deity? I let that mystery be. Is Jesus God incarnate? I let that mystery be. Is God real? I let that mystery be. Um, was Jesus inspired by the divine and his moral teachings? I would say divine in this case may mean the angelic nature within us. So if you define divine that way, yes. If you say, was he inspired by God? I let that mystery be. I reject the doctrine of original sin. Um, I reject the doctrine of predestination and I disagree with infallibility and inerrancy pertaining to any holy book. Are any of the holy books The deities' books, God's books, God's words, deities' words. I'm skeptical about that because it's easy to use holy books to baseball bat people's bodies and souls. You know what I mean? Are these all these holy books God breathed, God inspired, divinely inspired? words of God and um, I'm skeptical about those things um, are any of these holy books 100% accurate and reliable I'm skeptical about the, that um, Sola Scriptura I'm skeptical about that the Bible is sole authority and God says it God says that settles it. I'm skeptical about all those things too. When I say skeptical, that means that I'm unable to say yes because it's easy to have frequent multiple forms of human bondage. You know what I mean? The Trinitarian thing about God, I'm not sure about that. When I say skeptical, I'm not sure about these things. I'm like, eh, just don't feel right. You know, that's how I feel. So, uh, I want to say this as I close. I, um, I think about what has happened uh, to the church that I love. 
I think we've turned church into the Australian Open, the NBA Finals, the Super Bowl halftime show performance, and the Super Bowl itself, Broadway theater, the Emmys, the Oscars, the Tonys, the Grammys, a fashion show, an elitist golf club, a racist country club, acting like a gang and gang territory practically. A gala, a banquet, a comedy club, a nightclub. In some cases, because of sex scandals, a strip club slash sex club. You know, an A-list party. that only the biggest celebrities can come to. A ventriloquist dummies show performance and a pulling strings puppet for kids show. That's what we've turned church into. We've turned church into a beauty pageant. We've turned church into a place where people go to escape the secular world instead of lovingly interacting with the secular world. We've turned church into fear-based escapism and fear-based separatism. You know, secular people are not nihilists. Secular people are not nihilists. We're not nihilists. And anybody saying that we're nihilists, uh, they're bullshit artists, they're con artists, they're, and they're scam artists. We don't have any hate towards God. We have no animosity towards God. Were we all here by chance? Possibly. Were we all here not by chance? Possibly. Those are my answers. When I say we turn church into the things I said earlier, I'm talking about churchianity. Let me explain what churchianity means. Churchianity means any practices of Christianity that place a larger emphasis on the habits of church life or the institutional traditions of the church than on theology and spiritual teachings of Jesus, the quality of being too church-focused, right? Now, that's what I'm talking about. Basically, we've turned church into a... Okay, this is the best way I can say what we've turned church into. We have turned church into 
a pub, a bar. We've turned church into live music. We've turned church into a cabaret. We've turned church into shows. And we turned church into a cinema. That's basically what today's church is. We've turned church into the nightlife, to sum that all up perfectly. That, those are the issues that churchianity brings, and all those things are churchianity. Okay, what is Christianity? The religion based on the person and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth or his beliefs and practices, right? So churchianity is ginormous in church and Christianity is minuscule in church. Just because it's church, it doesn't mean that it's Christian. Because a lot of times Jesus and church have a stormy relationship and they tend to not get along well. They tend not to get along. We've turned church into karaoke too, by the way. But I think about how you know, just because church people do it, it doesn't mean Jesus approves us. Just because church people do that doesn't mean Jesus would do it, you know what I mean? I think about how if you are not treating abuse survivors as fully human beings worthy of full humanity. You're not a Christian church, you're a churchian church. You're not the body of Christ, you're the body of Lucifer. If that's how you treat abusive virus, it's supposed to be a Christian. And I say this these criticisms for all religions, all faiths, all spiritualities, and even people who are non-theistic who have been showboaters, those out loud, insecure type people, you know what I mean? This goes for anybody, regardless of their reason religion and how they treated people. And so this is where my heart has taken its stance. And um, I'm really grateful that this is my final video on religion for a, for a while. I don't know how long it will last, but I'm gonna start talking about other things to give myself a break to heal. And I'm just taking a pause. That's why I was quiet for some time, I know. Like, speak, talk more, say more interesting things. All right, all right, I'll keep being intriguing. <laughs> but I just wanted to say how glad I am to continue to have these convictions. Um... Maybe if more people got involved in my life, I would have had less trauma or little to no trauma in it. That goes for people outside the church and people in it. 
Maybe I would have had an easier time with housing. Uh, My public platforms. Jobs. My career. My entire life. If people, more people outside and inside churches would have gotten involved in my life. So, that's what I think. Every word, every word I read to you in this episode, I live all those words I read to you in this episode, 100% in my personal life, 100% in my professional life. That means I'm in strong agreement on, in, in both ways, 100%. So that explains all about me. And basically, when I was studying uh, church culture, I come to understand that we treat faith like show and tell elementary school. We treat faith like we're trophying Jesus. We, it, we, we treat faith like we are parading him around. Out of vanity. You know. I know that a lot of what I saw in church... To be honest with you... was about I'll give you this example people who believe in sexual purity and um, very old fashioned ways of approaching sex and sexuality I tend not to like those people because those who believe in waiting until you're married to kiss to have sex to procreate to raise a family have been the most silent and the most inactive when it comes to sex crimes and abuse issues. So I tend not to like those people. I have yet to find a person who has those values, who are super sensitive in all the right ways to people like me who have experienced sex crimes and abuse issues in life, I have experienced those things as a child, too, at the age of five. So, to tell me to forgive more than one perpetrator, just keep in mind that there are gray areas that I didn't ask for. It's one thing to have natural gray areas growing up, it's nothing to have gray areas you didn't ask for. And I don't like the concept of sin nature because it makes people think you're born finding God unattractive and you're also born finding Satan attractive. And that we're all born secular. And that's bad. Because none of us are born religious. So we're all born blasphemers. We're all born heretics. We're not born faith-based. We're not born spiritual. Is that what y'all saying? We're not born angels or born demons. We're all born failures. We're all born losers. We're all born freeloaders. We're all born uh, thieves. We're all born fuck-ups. Is that what y'all saying? I have problems with that, but that explains all of my views on religion. I'm done. You know, basically sin nature means that we're all born each and every negative characteristic that a human being has, and we're not born 
each and every character, each and every positive characteristic that that a, that a human being has. We're born all bad things in life, but we're not born all good things in life. I totally reject the doctrine of original sin because of those things. So that concludes all my views and perspectives and outlooks and lens on religion, faith, and spirituality. Thank you all. I am respectful of pious people. Call them in and not out. Thank you.